0: I focus on the relationship and the transformation because I feel like I was a former pastor for 10 years, and obviously I didn't do that for money. And so for 10 years, you know, I'm serving and loving people. And in the same way with sales, I feel like nothing has changed. Just the context has changed.
1: Welcome to the Everything is Influence podcast. This podcast is dedicated to help you understand why human beings do the things they do and ultimately how you can work with human psychology to influence change and get people to do what you want them to. Whether this is your clients, your prospects, your kids, your spouse, or anyone you come into contact with, this show will give you the tools of influence so that you can become more, unlock your true potential, and serve even more powerfully than you already do. My name is Eli Wilde. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another amazing episode of the Everything is Influence podcast, where every single day, every week, we take an amazing influencer, a salesperson, somebody that's using their mouth to make money and influence the masses for the greater good. And as always, we're going to go through the four levels of influence. Ultimately, what is this person up to in the world? How have they taken their vision and their mission and transferred that into other human beings to compel them to action through, through people in process? And what influences this person? How do they influence themselves? What are their values? What do, what do they see as the process of sales? And how do they transfer that to other people? So without any further ado, uh, Mr. Jay Lee, how are you, sir?
0: I am very good. Thanks for having me on the show.
1: Awesome, man, rock and roll. Well, uh, let's get into it. So if you could let everybody know, uh, you know kind of your story, like what do, you, what do you do right now? Like what's your business? Um, what's the business that you're in? What do you do for people give us the jam? sure so i do a couple of
0: things eli and one of the things that i do is i do high ticket closing for two clients right now and um i also do sales ninja coaching uh, which is basically teaching uh, course creators and high ticket coaches how to sell more to give more without sounding salesy sleazy or making prospects sleepy with boring offers
1: i love that that's uh that's awesome and yeah we we connected i guess i guess just like a week ago And, you know, I had posted on Facebook looking for salespeople and so many people had recommended you and you have such a nice cadence and style and and a great story. I kind of wanted to to dig into it here. But one thing that comes up for me already, you're, you got your own course where you're training people. You're closing for other people. What, like, how do you manage your day? Like, so a big part of... Uh, being optimized as a salesperson. I know a lot of salespeople listening or entrepreneurs that are taking calls, they're coaching their clients, they've got a lot going on. Um, Walk us through, like, when do you prep your day? Is it Sundays? Like, how do you time block? What's the strategy there?
0: Yeah, it's complicated. Uh, I have um, a software that manages like six different Google calendars. Hmm. Um, So I have to make sure that when I get inbound leads that it doesn't interfere because I've been double and triple booked. So I use a software that uh, manages that. And then uh, it's called reclaim.ai.
1: Reclaim.ai.
0: Reclaim.ai. So if you are closing and doing different things for different people and doing different things for yourself, it is an incredible way to shuffle your uh, schedule so that you don't double, triple book yourself because it basically syncs with each other so that um, there is no interference. It's really, it works really well. It's the only thing that I've been able to come across that has been able to keep me out of trouble. Uh, so the, the short answer is, is difficult, Like, um, but Reclaim basically blocks out my calendar so that for the two... Uh, high-ticket coaching clients that I have, they will book my calendar with um, inbound leads, whether it's organic or paid ads, which they can do pretty easily. So I block out the time, let's say 20 hours of my own business that I've just done recently. Uh, And then the other 20, I split uh, 10 and 10 between my two high-ticket coaching clients. So
1: you're saying about 10 calls each per week for those clients?
0: Not not even, like because uh, they don't always fill all the slots because they have different um, closers and they don't always fill all the slots. Um, so I only had three calls last week. I only had two calls today and I closed both those, which was kind of cool.
1: That is cool. And it was uh, five-figure deals, yeah? Yeah,
0: 30, 35K, two calls, two closes. So not right. bad, 100% close.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. So um, for everybody here, there's often in the... Online space when you're selling high ticket, there's some kind of ad or VSL or webinar that people consume, and then they have the option to book a call. And then there's there's often a one call close, where it's a you know 40 40 minute call, 50 60 minute call, um, or sometimes before there's a, what's called a two call close, where there's a setter qualifies the person and then has the longer call. And if you've got a calendar like with way too many leads, you want to disqualify people, save yourself some time, free up your calendar to be more efficient. Um, do you use a one-call or two-call close?
0: Yeah, both. So one of my clients uses a triage setter to sales strategy call, which yep. is a two-call close, and then the other client does a one-call close. So both end.
1: Okay. Um, do you find so you're you're doing both, and on the the one that's triaged is what it's called. Uh, the setter qualifies and then those calls are those calls better calls because they've been qualified or do you like the one call close? What do you prefer?
0: I, I can take anything. I kind of, uh, flow with whatever I get, but, um, I found statistically I've been able to have trip double the triple, the close rates on a triage to strategy sales call.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is better. Um, why would somebody not do that? Why doesn't everybody do that? Oh,
0: that's a great question. Um, the reason why they wouldn't want to is because the the revenue share. So you know, slicing that cake, you know, multiple times, and then if you do it enough times with a bigger team, uh, they figure you know that maybe the VSL funnel will be good enough, or all the email sequences and the nurturing and you know all the testimonials will be good enough to kind of pre-qualify. But um, I don't know if that is. Um, you know the solution i still like the triage to sales call personally so that you can pre-qualify yeah. and also take out the people that are not um you know qualify for budget um so that you can open up the calendar and make it for open for people that are hungry and motivated to jump in
1: yeah 100 I, I agree sometimes it's a lead flow thing or a scarcity thing and it's it's interesting to have this conversation with you because we both uh sell we both coach salespeople. Um, and so we see inside of other people's processes. And so, you know, for folks listening here, um, they're, you know, they're either selling their own stuff or they got, or they're a salesperson or they're trying to build a sales team. So it's, it's interesting. There's no one size fits all, but it's interesting to see the different SOPs and different successful companies. And you've worked in several, so that's, Mm -hmm. that's pretty cool. Um, so you've had a lot of success early on and, you know, you've been doing this for a while now. What do you think is different? about you and your process that allows you to close um, and, and kind of what is your closing rate if you could tell people no like why are you closing so high um, what are those numbers
0: yeah um so i've been able to achieve like 81 percent close rates with a 96 percent cash collected for consecutive months um okay. so one of the things that is the difference or the x factor i was closing for a company that i helped scale from zero to 16 million in 29 months which is wow. really neat, and then increase their ticket price by forty nine hundred percent when they didn't believe okay. they could yeah. sell.
1: What kind of a company? Was product.
0: This? Uh, it was a, a growing and scaling a SaaS company, and so okay. I helped increase their ticket price from a thousand to fifty thousand for a done for you media buying and funnel building. Um, so Did they basically the threw a couple of. Le- What's that?
1: Are you allowed to say the company?
0: Uh, I'd probably rather not because yeah. you know some of the times the, the the ticket the coaches don't even give you the the, the credit. Um, or whatever, but anyways, but but uh, all all that to say is that you know uh, he didn't really believe that I could sell it for fifty k, and then I started one call closing, you know, several of them a month, which is you know six figure months, and then he basically begged me to stop selling them because he couldn't fulfill or deliver on the media buying and the funnel build builders. So um, I think that so one one of my colleagues um, in the sales team basically recorded all of my Zoom calls. And I didn't realize till later that he had transcribed every single Zoom call, sales call, and he used my uh, scripting or my language pattern uh, verbatim, and he wasn't able to achieve the same success that I got. And then he said, what's the difference between, you know, I said everything that you said, and I still couldn't get anywhere near what you had gotten for sales each month. I said, the reason uh, why we're different, let's call him Ben, (laughs) is because, you know, what's your motivation? What's your why? And he Mm -hmm. says, you know, I want to win the monthly prize, which was, you know, some sort of, you know, luxury bag or whatever. Right. And I said, my why is I don't care for the bag. I don't care for the money. I'm here for transformation, not transaction. Mm -hmm. And then the next month and following, he started to crush his sales because he was building relationship, not trying to, you know, win a bag or win, you know, bonus money.
1: Yeah. So as a salesperson, do you think it's important for a salesperson to be money motivated?
0: I mean, money is important, but I don't think it's everything. Um, For me, my approach is like, um, I, I, I focus on the relationship and the transformation because I feel like I was a former pastor for 10 years. And obviously, I didn't do that for money. And so for 10 years, you know, I'm serving and loving people. And in the same way with sales, I feel like nothing has changed just the context has changed
1: Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's interesting and you know i i I partnered with this guy taylor welch while ago and he's got these three rules of sales number one sales is all about helping people uh rule number two though what will help people like what they actually need to get them to help is outside of their comfort zone otherwise they would have already done it and rule three is people will fight like hell to stay in their comfort zone and so, you know, framing this, um, you know, we, we teach a lot of these frames and I think I was talking to you some, something about some of these frames for the call, like language patterns and frames. And, you know, it's a good reminder to me, especially when I was selling full time, um, when somebody had any resistance price, whatever, I, uh, first thing I'd say, well, okay, it's, it's not a problem. Let me, let me see if I can still help you regardless of where you're at. So that right there, it framed what I was about to say, which was the same thing as like an objection handler, but it was framed as helping and despite these concerns there might still be a way that you can get these results would you like to explore that together and so it's about them getting results it's about helping it's about us helping them get resourceful but a lot of it's the language and the framing but also like you said the intent which i think is is really important um, a lot of people have one or the other they have the language and the money motivation or they have a the really good intent but they're like soft in a way And so what do you find to be that balance for you? Like being firm, you know, with people, you know, because I mean, you've, you've created this connection and this, this empathy, what is, you know, outside of just relationships and your motivation, what, what else do you think sets you apart?
0: Um, That's a great question, Eli. I mean, I've been in sales bunkers where the teams were basically micromanaged and like, you know, um, I won't name names, but it was like, you know, you got to force the card out of their wallet. You got to push them over the, you know, and this is not they they're dying. yeah yeah like it's just and i just in all these teams that i was part of i was just like i didn't fit in and i didn't you know i just i just couldn't come into that culture if you will and then um i was a, i was a one man left out uh, you know with all these different teams and colleagues but i would still crush my goals and be you know top you know one two three every single month and they couldn't understand that because they were trying to help ha- have me buy into their culture and into their scripting um, Which I appreciate but it's just not me. I couldn't I couldn't have a voice and identity that was not me and was not internalized So I think for me, uh, you know, it's important in sales and high ticket co- uh, coaching and closing That you are your authentic self. I mean because if we try to be someone else or close like someone else or embody someone else um, You know, I, ju- I think we lose You know, that authentic voice and people catch that on pretty quickly with body language and tonality and even the way that we serve them because it feels like not natural. And I think in sales, a lot of times um, when I talk to and train people, they lose that human factor of like, Mm -hmm. can I just take my sales hat? Like I I sometimes in the call, I'll literally say, hey, Eli, is it okay if I take my sales hat off and just serve you as a brother? um you know i can't tell you what to do but i want to put the ball in your court and say you know these are things that are going to help you these are proven we have a a guarantee we're committed to your success the only way that you're not going to succeed is if you don't show up on the calls if you don't go through the program if you don't actually take um action and if you're not coachable but we promise and we guarantee and we're committed to your success so what do you think about that and how should we move forward
1: that's nice i like that um you know so to, to back up here how did you get from being a pastor to being a high ticket salesperson and coach like what's the yeah how does that happen so so in in
0: pastoring um they have something called uh, ministry partnership development and that's a fancy word for saying fundraising <laughs> so yeah. for 10 years of my pastoral ministry i had to raise my own support which is like a missionary you know asking yeah. people for financial support there were four times in my 10 years of pastoral ministry where I was not paid for nine months at a time. Wow. Wow. Nine months, that's almost a year. I call it my spiritual pregnancy, Mm -hmm. which is like God testing my faith, God testing my calling, and I'm just like wavering, and I'm like, oh gosh, this is so hard. You know, I live in Toronto, Canada. I'm married, I have three kids. You know, the average house in here is 1.5 million for a tiny little bungalow. It's just hard to live here. So it got to the point where You know, when we went to the grocery store, so many times, you know, my credit card or my debit card would get declined and I would have to return items with my three kids, you know, wondering why I had to return items. And I just made a vow to God that day and said, I said, God, if there's any way that you can help me, you know, get a superpower to help sell or create wealth or teach people how to do this. Um, Would you gift it to me so that I can have a platform to teach others so that they can sell more to give more because I feel like I'm stuck and I don't know how to break out of this space that I'm in So I think God really heard that and then as I was down to literally a thousand dollars a month in my support Which is not Hmm. any way to live in Toronto. I started to delve and dip into uh, part-time high-ticket sales And I thought, gosh, I just need to have an income. I just need to build some revenue. And you know, within my first uh, or second month, I closed like eighty-five thousand. And then in in the next month, a hundred and five thousand. And then continue to do you know hundreds of thousands. Like in the last three months, I closed over a million part time on an average ticket price of like seven, seven, eight k. So that's a lot of sales, right? (laughs) Uh
1: Yeah. and you're you're obviously really organized. How do you track it? Do you use a CRM, HubSpot. Do you have some way like a spreadsheet?
0: Yeah. So the different coaches use different systems. Um, I love. It's annoying when
1: more than one offer and they've got different systems, and it's annoying to kind I of. Am, jump back. It's tough. Oh
0: my gosh, it's crazy. Like I'm literally going from. Three different calls, completely different offers, different ticket prices, different pay links, different systems. Um, so, right now, for one client, I use close.io CRM, which I think personally for me, it's the easiest, most powerful, most flexible automation, email templates, uh, you know, reminders, power dialers. It's super, super powerful. Uh-huh. Um, some people use Trello boards, um, some people use Go High Level. So, I've kind of used a lot of the different things, um, but my favorite CRM right now is close.io CRM.
1: Yeah, clean. Yeah, that's that's cool. So you uh, started, what was the first gig that you got? How, and how did you get that job? So,
0: I um, have not had any problems getting any jobs from day one. I think that's one area that, uh, you know, as much as I struggle financially, I basically found someone that I thought I might like working with. So if I found someone like Eli Wild, i look him up, i do some research, and then I would literally prospect him. Even though you were not advertising for a job, if it was if you were on LinkedIn and I looked at your bio and I saw your stats, I'd say, okay, this guy closed X amount of dollars in X amount of time. You were the number one high ticket closer for Tony Robbins. Um, you know, you're you're an expert uh, sales coach and NLP. You know, linguistic, all these different things that you have, and then I would send a video message, a hyper contextualized, personalized video message, and saying, hey, Eli, it's Jay, uh, high ticket closer. And it, at the time, because it was my first gig, I'm like, um, you know. I'm probably going to be the hungriest and hardest working guy in the sales team because I don't have a lot of background, but I'm ready to learn. And once I learn something, I can master it. And Mm -hmm. I want to be your right-hand man. I want to do everything to make you succeed and make you win. And I'm a team player. So anything that has to be done, I'm here to get it done. And if you are open to a quick 15 or five or seven point five minute call, <laughs> kind of pattern interrupt. Uh, I would love to jump on a quick call to see if we're a good fit.
1: Yeah, and, and that's important too. When uh, and I think you know that's something that always served me. It's those pattern interrupts, and we always say you know funny equals money. And if you can be <laughs> a little bit, you know, it's like because most people have some kind of template in their emails and their text messaging, and there's all the automation today. And you know, it's it's hard to automate uh, automate human interaction. You know, people are trying to. Um, and, and maybe they will at some point, maybe computers and AI will be more, uh, you know, more pleasing than humans because those people can be challenged <laughs> as well. Um, so we're all, yeah. we're all, uh, I think that day is coming, but for now, yeah, just being different, standing out, pattern you know, connecting It's those little moments that allow people to just interrupt have their pattern interrupted and in, in, in a pleasing way. So that's, yeah. well, so you, you get this gig and you're dominating you're working for this guy and you just started taking on more and now because now you actually help other entrepreneurs close their offers yeah how did that evolve this is it just yeah. from the sops of what you saw adding in your own faith-based mindset psychology connecting type thing what is how is your owner process process evolved
0: yeah so i've learned from you know some of the top two comma club award winners that you would be very familiar with and uh, continue to work with people like that and have learned you know, their courses, their language patterns, their pattern interrupt, their outbound, their inbound, their paid ads, their co- like I've just learned everything, having spent uh, or invested almost $100,000 on my own money and tens of thousands of hours. I'm the quiet guy. Nobody knows me. I'm, you know, I'm the best kept secret. And I talk to another guy. I don't even watch TV. I don't really listen to the news. Um, he's like, who's your, you know, football fan or, or soccer fan? I'm like, I don't listen. I just play. I just coach. And I, I'm just, I'm just kind of like this KPI geek where I study, 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 I learn, learn, learn. And I just refine my ninja sword, if you will, to make sure that I sharpen it twice and cut once. And so, um, yeah, I, I really uh, learned from everyone and even my pastoral ministry experience, which is the backbone of the why, which is you know serving others well, loving others well. And I've had literally people crying on the phone calls, Uh, you know, thanking me. They've asked me to pray with them. I feel like I was like their minister or their reverend or whatever. And you know, supernatural stuff happens on these calls and they feel touched. Uh, One guy I got on a call with yesterday, it's a free value call, it's a lead magnet that I do. Um, He's like, I actually been on so many of these calls and I actually regret getting on all of them. Today, you you completely changed my whole mindset because this was actually better than I even imagined. And I really appreciate it. Let's get on a follow-up call.
1: For those, those listening, what were you doing specifically on those calls? Like connecting, yeah. listening, asking questions. Yeah. So People are told to do that. What was different about, about you?
0: So, yeah. So let's say I do some lead generation on LinkedIn, for example, and I prospect you. And I'll say, you know, I'd love to do a free sales ninja audit call where I take 15 to 30 minutes just to look at your process, jam on your sales script, offer free advice, you know, no sales pitch, no obligation. Typically, these calls are trying to be a lead magnet to pitch people or upsell people. And then I'll get on a call. I say, Eli, thanks for jumping on the call. I want to respect your time. Uh, this is a Sales Ninja free audit call where I'm going to just do like um, whatever you want to do. So you tell me what your number one goal is instead of me telling them what I think they should do. So I serve them with them in mind, always thinking about what do you want instead of what I want. And then I say, no pressure. This is not a sales call. There's going to be no pitch. There's going to be no obligation to join anything or pay for anything just to be clear. And then there's this, you could see like in their body language, a sense of relief and just their shoulders relaxing,
1: yeah.
0: right? Like, Oh, thank you. Thank God. This is so refreshing. And then they're disarmed. And then I just get to help them and serve them. And I'll do like a funnel audit. I'll do a social media audit on their Facebook or their Instagram or everything that I've learned from all these amazing people. Yeah. Um, I'll just pick apart and then they're just like blown away.
1: And then you book another call, like a sales call.
0: Only if they want to. I'll just say um, one thing, because when I was starting out, nobody knew me. Um, one thing I would say, hey, if you found value in this call, would you give me a 60 second video testimonial? And they'd be like, yeah, let's do this. And I literally collected 45 video testimonials in 30 days with 100% close rate.
1: Wow, amazing. And then, then you did eventually sell these people something. How did that go? Was it book another call? What, what happened there?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, uh, because I was able to get the video testimonials from nothing <laughs> and people were like, just like, Jay's is amazing. And, you know, he helped me with this and that. Um, and then I put a funnel together and then that was my case studies and my proof. And then they would get on a free value call. They checked out my funnel from the proof that I got with the value calls that I was giving them and uh you know they'd be like I know this is not a sales pitch I know this is not a uh, this is a complete free value call but I want you to pitch me
1: yeah they really like what you got
0: yeah I'm like uh that's not what like calls for no no, no pitch me they're like they were like begging me to pitch them so I said okay um I'm not ready for that but let me just share with you what my program is this is what it entails this is how long it is and literally within 5 minutes I didn't even go through the details I didn't go through the you know uh, coaching and the times and the, the the organic mastery that I'm going to teach them. I, I didn't go into any of the details. I just said you know an intro, and literally two people uh, on different calls on these free value calls said I've heard enough, and I'm like oh did I I think I was thinking like did I offend you? Like no I've heard enough. I know that when I'm around you, I'm going to level up. So just give me a a a, a pay link. I'm going to do a paid in full.
1: Amazing. That's uh, so five minutes. Yeah, leading with value. That's it. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's interesting from a uh, kind of NLP tactical covert way. There's a dark side to influence and there's a, you know, you do it for good, but you know, if people are interested in what, what it is in NLP terms, it's like often like, it's like a meta program where people lower their resistance and then oftentimes, cause I, when I started doing sales coaching as well, that was my ad where I put on Facebook that I was doing a free sales process audit. So I started doing like 2015 and People came there and they were just willing to show me everything, which is nice because they wanted feedback. So there was no, and I, and I'd always frame with, you know, it's, and, and people were wonky. I might even give an analogy as a softener and say, yeah. if you, we're going to go from New York to California. If that, if you're in New York and you want to go to California, it doesn't mean no good if you tell me that you're in Oklahoma. <laughs> so, like I need to actually know where you really are. Otherwise the process I'm going to give you isn't, isn't going to help. So I, I get them to be honest with me for their benefit. It's called the best yeah. interest thing. So I, everything I ask for, when it's an ask of private information, I frame it in their best interest or I'll get them vulnerable. Um, or, you know, also what I do um, is I would tell people, or I'd even ask the question, do you think that as an entrepreneur or a salesperson and a coach, that mindset, psychology, like how you communicate, do you think that has anything to do with a person's success? So you notice a person's success, not your success, because that's too direct. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, you know, we're using a, a inferential, referential index. So it's, you know, you, me, other people, all that. And so these things can become softeners. And I'd say, well, you know, do you think a person's psychology, you know, or I didn't say Tony Robbins says that success is 80% psychology, 20% the mechanics. You know, you probably know two people might have the same script or same process or even the same company. One person's more successful than another. So I'm yeah. leaving. So do you yeah. think that psychology and how somebody interacts with people has anything to do with it? They're like, okay. And I'll even get them to tell me that how they make decisions. And so if I can get them to have uncertainty in their own thoughts and how they make decisions, they'll give me, you know, uh, the, the ability to coach them through their thinking. And so I've created that container there. And if there's any resistance on the back, back end of the call, um, I've got this, this like kind of parts of you thing. It's a parts integration from NLP. There's a part of you that this, and the old you, you, you know, the old version of you came to this call wanting to change. And now that we've mapped this out for you to be this ultimate person, I, I think that pattern is kicking in where that, that feel for version of you kicking in. So it's like, it's getting them to. Uh, realize that there's something wrong with how they think, how they act, how they communicate with themselves or others. And if people, you know, it's like mindset selling and selling salespeople or ROI based offers, it's the easiest kind of sell in the world. Cause there's so many different ways you can go about it. But if people, cause people need to admit there's a problem mm-hmm. and they can see that the problem isn't just the tactical thing of what they say or their funnel, but that it's them. And it's, it's almost always is them. on so And it's me. I have problems in my life and I know that it's me. And so it's yeah. like the human thing. And we're all like, all right, we need somebody to hold us to that higher level to get us to level up. And how to do anything is relatively simple, but we need the, the reason, the motivation. We need the right values alignment. We need the right congruency with our values and our means and our goals and our, you know, our, our mission and purpose and our beliefs and all that stuff. So we're we're always tweaking people in these calls. so it's, it's it's cool talking to another salesperson. I've just been coaching the uh, entrepreneur interviewing a lot of entrepreneurs like you so it's cool. ah um, and one of my mentors years ago we broke the sales call down into we have six parts now yeah. we have like a connecting phase so just like meeting somebody in a relationship, you yeah. connect, make it about them and then there's an engagement stage and then there's a commitment stage. So in the engagement stage just like if you were getting engaged to somebody, you wouldn't talk for five minutes and say, "Hey, want to get married?" There'd be an engagement period where you're feeling each other out, yep. and not just harassing them with questions. It's like it's like interrogating somebody, but you have dialogue um, mm-hmm. back and forth, and there's a lot communicating in your values, and your tonality, and in this engagement, they're basically saying, "Like, do I want to be in a relationship with this person?" Mm-hmm. And then there's a commitment stage, and you know, just like getting married. So people always say, when I get to the end, I get these objections, I'm asking for the commitment and they say, no, what should I say? It's like, well, if you were gonna get married to somebody and you take them to the altar and they say, hey, do you take John to be your lawfully wedded wife? And the person says, you know, you know, or to be your husband and the person says, no. They're like, well, what should I say at that point? Well, you probably missed something in the engagement stage. There's probably this where <laughs> there wasn't enough trust there. Where yeah. they were yeah. not certain about what was gonna happen after as far as having their values or their needs met, the need for safety, the need for adventure, the need for feeling special, the need for connection, the need for growth, the need to be able to contribute to something this higher purpose. And so, you know, I, i try to infuse a lot of these, even into the offers and how I sell people in like the, the offer stage. Yeah. And Well, you know, you do a lot of this on trust and, you know, with you running like so many, Different your own processes, connected with all these people. Do you find it hard to kind of manage your own psychology because you're like in this offer, in this offer, then this coaching? Like, how do you stay on track, not just on your calendar, but like in your mindset from hopping around from all these different offers and stuff?
0: That is a great question, and thank you for sharing all that. That uh, that was super helpful. Uh, I think I try to. I, I'm a pretty simple guy. Um, I'm not the smartest guy in the room. I'm definitely not the hardest guy working in the room, but I know how to find smart people and learn from them, which is why we're on the call. <laughs> so, you know, one thing I do with the different offers and let's say I have three different offers and they are very different. Um, yeah. my, my whole being and my identity, my authentic voice is all the same. The principles are the same, right? Um, it's all about relationship. It's all about serving. You know, if you take the analogy of a baseball and you pitch someone, your goal is to pitch that batter out and strike them out, right? In tennis, you take the ball and you serve it and you have this back and forth dialogue, like you just said perfectly. And there's, you're having fun. So I I actually have fun in sales and it's not a chore. I get excited because of the end result, which is transformation. Um, So I think the difference really, even if I have different offers is that my demeanor and my um, approach is always the same. It's just, how can I serve you? How can I listen to learn, not to pitch to sell? And sales is transformation. It's not a transaction, it's transformation. So I'm always looking at that as the core belief. And, you know, so far it's working out pretty good.
1: Yeah, it's about transformation, you know, and, you know, to take that, you know, one level, you know, deeper. And how I think about it, with like an NLP background, or Tony, it's about creating these neuro associations, pain, pleasure. Like if somebody says no, well, they link more pain to buying than not buying. And so we need to control their focus to get them, and we can do that with questions. We're controlling their focus and getting them anchored, like to feel something where they change their association to being where they are. Somebody's comfortable, well, they have a positive association to being where they're at. And you know a lot of marketers do this now too, and a lot of you know quote unquote neuroscience they talk about well your brain, so this is when I when I reference the mind, or I reference the brain the brain, or the mind, that's creating disassociation. So as we look at the way you're you're thinking, like your current thoughts, so if I get you to look at your own thought process, that's creating a disassociation. And so we want people disassociated at times. Other people associated. So we feel. And so if you can be disconnected from your thoughts, and then, and then then feel in the moment, think about the pain of your thoughts and what your thoughts are costing you. We're creating these associations all the time. And what happens is when you show up the way that you do, you create so much trust and vulnerability that people go there naturally. So I I can I can feel it when i we connected. Um, mm-hmm. You know, for you, oh, I wanted to ask this too because I always ask this in the calls um because your day and your weeks are so dialed in um what is your morning routine like what's the first thing you do and i know you're a man of faith Um, and how does that play into your process i'm kind of getting wanting to understand if somebody was to reverse engineer your psychology from how they start their day to how they look at their calendar how they deal with stress how they deal with rejection how they deal with a no um what what is your like kind of your your bookends on your day
0: i wish i was like my mentors uh when they have four o'clock mornings and i am not that not. i i am like against all the things that people preach yeah. um you know where they say i went
1: to, uh, to bed at 4 30 a.m last night
0: <laughs> okay you and i are similar i'm a nighthawk and my best work comes out in the creative hours but having three kids that's really really hard to do so i am trying to sleep earlier but i do go to sleep quite late um which is um, you know, it's culturally not accepted, but it, whatever, it doesn't matter because as long as you're getting results, that's, that's what matters. So my, my day usually works where I have slept, you know, midnight at the earliest, that's <laughs> an early night. Um, and then I'll wake up like 7, 7.30, I peel out of bed, um, and then um, I usually get into my um, me- meditation uh, and reading the Bible, and praying uh, i use the gap in the game with dan sullivan where he says what's your three wins so I, I map that out the night before and then i have an accountability partner i think this is a key difference for me uh, right. i have an accountability partner for sleep and accountability partner for my three wins or the three games uh, and so basically if you do this every single day you're always winning Mm-hmm. so it's a positive mindset so it's been really transformative for me so i do my um prayer i do my reading of the scriptures which is my source of hope and joy and my why if
1: you will and how which, one, which book my... are you going to go through like proverbs right now what do you read proverbs
0: matthew? proverbs wow. and uh, i'm going through matthew right now because I, I i go through the bible over and over again and so it helps just give me that wisdom and that uh, knowledge base and then fills my love tank like a battery, it charges it up so that when I do sales calls, it's not out of an empty tank or out of fumes, but it's out of a full love tank where there's lots to go, lots to spread. Mm. Um, so I yeah, knew. so my, my schedule, and then I work out like seven days a week. Um, I take a lot of supplements, uh, nutritional supplements, because I need laser yeah. focus. Your and... your favorite supplements?
1: What's that? What's some of your favorite? Uh, supplements? I
0: I I take something called Q Sciences, um, and it's like um sublingual uh, vitamin sprays. And instead of like a tablet or a topical, I just spray it under my tongue. And then you get 96% absorption rate versus 10. And it's very, very effective. And I basically get zero brain fog. Q Sciences. Yeah. It's an amazing um, organization that is really trying to disrupt the biopharmaceutical sector with medicinal grade um, natural products, if you will. And then they want people to Really excel in uh, making a business and sharing the commissions uh, generously.
1: Amazing. Um, as a salesperson, none of us get them all. You do deal with some rejection, some no's. You don't get them all. Yeah. How do you deal with rejection? Like, so what's your psychology around no or people ghosting you? Like, what's your what's your thought on that? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean. Th- Great question. Like I I have several stories, but just for time's sake, like no for me is a made me or like maybe I didn't do a good job sharing the value proposition. So, you know, if you're a no, I would say, hey, listen, you know, on a scale of one to 10, this is my only salesy question uh, where one is like, get me off the call, Jay. And 10 is like, man, I'd love to, I love this, this solution. It's just, and then whatever reason. Right. So typically people say eight and nine or 11 and i'll if if there's a gap i'll say that's a good score but why why is the gap but what's going to help me help you go from eight to ten um today i had a call a hundred and two minute call where they said basically no and i said why not and they said well my wife and i you know make decisions i said is your wife around he goes yep i said would it be okay if i if you got her on the call he he woke her up from sleep right i didn't know she was sleeping she got on the call And then uh, I said, I'm not here to convince you. Uh, I'm here to just address any concerns or any, you know, uh, payment um, investment uh, plans that we can help you get started if this is what you and your husband want to do. So I let the husband convince the wife instead of me doing the hard work. He convinced her, but it took us 102 minutes because he had banking and credit card issues and uh, he finally came in. So it it is a thing where, you know, you you do follow up, you do nurture them. And even if they do say no, uh, I... I usually have a saying, what you can run, but you can't hide. Uh, we're going to get you on the bus at some point, but we might as well get you on early on when the pricing is is, for, is affordable.
1: Nice. Um, what are the biggest mistakes you've made?
0: <sighs> Listening to other people to uh, sell in the way that is not me. I think I alluded to that earlier, where, you know, whether it was forceful or aggressive, it just didn't feel right. And I, I think it's really important to make sure that your identity is secure because you're yeah. secure and you're significant and who God, I believe, has created you to be. So always, you know, be true to yourself. And, and, and even though people have certain things that they think uh, you should be or you should do, um, obviously that's what coaching is. But if it changes your values or if it goes against what you believe, you know, then it's, I, I believe that's not a right fit for me. That's just me personally.
1: Yeah, that's, that's awesome. What else do you think? Is there anything else I didn't ask you that you think people should know about high ticket selling to be successful in this industry?
0: Yeah, I think I think um, in social media, it looks like amazing. And there's so many people that want to jump in. Um, it's harder than you think, but it's more rewarding than you imagine. It's awesome. like having kids. Like, you know, the idea of kids, it's, it's harder than you think, uh, but, you know, it's more rewarding than you could ever dream of. It's hard work. Uh, I look at kids and sales in a similar way where it's very hard work, but it's very, very rewarding. Um, And you can get very good at it when you get people in the right corner to kind of help coach and whisper in your ear to help you dialogue and interact and uh, speak to people in a way that's very relational, personal, vulnerable, and powerful. I love it.
1: Vulnerable and powerful. Beautiful. Where can uh, folks find out more about you and, and connect with you?
0: Yeah, They can find me on my free Facebook group where I'll just give them free value and free gifts. So, um, go sales ninja.com/backslash Facebook, go sales backslash Facebook, or you can go right to my um, sales landing page, which is go sales
1: ninja.com. Awesome, this has been a pleasure, bro. Uh, always like rapping with you. This is, and we'll have to do it again sometime. So, everybody, um, Jay, thanks so much, man. And um, for everybody listening, it's been another great episode and I'll see you again very soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Everything is Influence podcast. If you got value from this episode, loved what you heard, and you want to go deeper into really understanding the core fundamentals of influence, then I have one more gift for you. I've put together a special training just for the listeners of this podcast that breaks down the four levels of influence and how to start using these tools in your life today. If you want that free training, then go to wildinfluence.com forward slash go. That's wildinfluence.com forward slash go. That's wild with an E at the end, then influence.com forward slash go. All you need to do is enter your name, email, and phone number, and we will send that over to you straight away. Until the next time, my friend, this is Eli signing off from the Everything is Influence podcast.